Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is ESPN Radio's Barton Hahn Podcast. We're going to be on what Zach Wilson looked like. The eye test mattered more than ever last night. And if the eye test mattered more than ever in a loss to the Jags, it's a definitive statement that Zach Wilson failed. So now what? It's Barton Hunt on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Q Myers, Jason Fitz, we're in for the guys that were presented by Progressive Insurance. Triple Eight, say ESPN 888-729-3776. Bunch of you guys want to chime in. We will let you chime in. Jets fans, get it off your chest. Got to feel good. Like, just get it off your chest. Say it with your chest. I mean, look, I'm not sitting here on some, like, like soapbox saying that I've had a fun year as a fan. My God, everybody knows I'm a Raiders fan, right? Like, I, I feel you, Jets fans. Like, it is a painful painful thing when you watch your team just implode and that's what it felt like last night now the question Q becomes you know how does Zach Wilson get better and uh, and, and why do he struggle this is what he had to say particularly about why he struggled so much last night man I don't know <laughs> you know I just I just felt like um didn't have any rhythm out there um you know just trying to find some confidence out there on the field and just you know just find something to get us going a little spark and um, couldn't get anything there, man. And, and you know, I had opportunities, and I got to be able to connect on those. And, you know, uh, we're going to go back and watch it. And, you know, I'm sure coaches will detail it up and stuff for us. But, you know, right now the feeling is I just got to, you know, put my head down and just try and get better, you know, for these guys. And, you know, that's kind of my message to them out there is, you know, I'm trying to give them everything I got. I'm trying to lay it out there for you guys. And, and it's not good enough, and I got to put them in a better position. That sounds like a defeated man, Q. Yeah, it is a defeated man, and how he gets better is somewhere else. I mean, it's just as bad as – it's as blunt as I could be about the situation. He gets better somewhere else. That team, that defense, even the coaching staff, Robert Sala's trying to say all the right things to keep him engaged, but they have given up on Zach Wilson. Regardless if it's right or wrong, the players aren't out there playing for him. They have too good of a defense to just go ahead and, and – trot out a quarterback that that they don't have confidence in because at some point you feel deflated as a team you see the energy they have when they have Mike White out there hell Chris Strebler brought some energy to the the, to the team last night I mean Zach Wilson just doesn't have it so for him his sake and his sake alone his his best opportunity to get better is somewhere else yeah I, I what you just said about you know the spark and the energy when that's what he's feeling about himself Man, everybody else got to be feeling that too, right? And and yep. which came first, the chicken or the egg? How do you give confidence to somebody that's lost it? I I don't know, but I know that there's no easy answer for that. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. The question becomes, what do you do? How do you move forward? Justin in Jersey, Justin chiming in on the Jets and what they haven't done. Justin, thanks for calling the show, man. Hey guys, thanks a lot for taking my call. Happy holidays to you and yours. Thanks um, you too. Man. Obviously, I want to talk about the Jets. You know, you guys just took a lot of my thunder. You know, <laughs> coming into that game last night, the Jets should not have played that way. Obviously, 
that was a disheartening loss. You know, they just absolutely didn't show up. And like you were saying, the team is is not even responding to Zach Wilson at this point. I remember, you know, that movie Any Given Sunday when the offensive coordinator looked over to Al Pacino and he's like, they won't play for him. You obviously saw that last night. As soon as that fourth-string quarterback comes in that was on the practice squad, comes in and drives the ball down the field like that, you know there's obviously a problem. And, you know, honestly, at this point, you know, obviously Wilson shoulders a lot of the blame. But also, I blame the Jets, too, you know. And I'm not saying that Salah is the wrong coach. But the Jets, you know, they brought in all these players, you know, around him to have success. But, you know, the one thing they didn't bring him is somebody in to develop him. Yep. Salah was a first-year head coach last year. Michael Ford was first-time offensive coordinator. And you could just see it. The, the offense is just totally broken at this point. And mentally, I also think he's mentally broken at this point. The fans are booing him off the field. And Salah had to bring in somebody else because at that point, I think the fans were about to go on the field and just walk and, 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 and just explode at that point. Yeah. But, you know, going forward, I, I think this team just needs a veteran, whether it's maybe trading for somebody like a Derek Carr, like you said, a Jimmy Garoppolo. This team has a lot of talent for the first time in a long time. Thanks for the call, Jess. I, I don't disagree, by the way, that the Jets have a ton of talent. Yep. And I also don't disagree that when everything's broken, there's no easy way to solve it, right? Like, uh, if you look across the board at what the Jets have attempted to do, they've done the smart thing in building their roster, too. Like, right. they, they, yeah. they have a solid defense. But also, that defense didn't show up last night. And, and, look, we keep sort of excusing it because, like, you see your quarterback play and you get deflated. You and I have both covered teams, been around teams, watched teams, seen teams that had great defenses and terrible offenses, or vice versa. You can't be that way. Like, no. it's, who are the leaders in the locker room that are stepping up to the guys left and right and saying, hey, I don't care what the quarterback position is. We're not going to get beat today. And that that was – I mean, the Jags looked like – they moved the, the ball and made the, the Jets' defense look silly on a couple of different drives. And you just can't let that happen. No, you can't. And, you know, the perfect example for me was the very beginning of the game. The Jets went out there. Quentin Williams forced a fumble early. And you saw the, the Jets' offense not really to be able to do anything with it. And I think that that started the, oh, here we go again feeling. Right? And that's sometimes that's hard. Even as a professional, it's hard to not get that feeling. And I think Robert Sala's done a good job as a head coach. But he's also a defensive mind minded head coach so going back to the call about you know they didn't bring in an offensive guru they didn't bring in a developer that's the thing Salah can't develop him offensively he can develop a a really good defender but he can't develop a a, a offensive guy and a quarterback so they need to get someone that's got the offensive chops that can help whoever they have at their quarterback position take that next step but that's what you got to know coming in the gates right Q like absolutely uh, to me when you hire a head coach the first thing you got to figure out is what's the identity of the football team going to be. And then the second thing you got to figure out, I believe, when you hire a head coach is how are they going to address their own personal deficiencies? Right. Because any coach can come in and coach with a coach really well. But the question is, what are you going to do about the area that's not your expertise? And, boy, you better have a plan. From the outset, from the minute you walk into that building, you better have a plan on, like, I'm a defensive coach, and here's who's going to make our offensive. Uh, our right. offense Exactly. Like, right. if, yep. if you are an offensive coach that's hired, then you better have a plan on, you know, use the team we both know and love, the Raiders. Like, if you're Josh McDaniels coming in, you needed to have a plan from day one that I don't know you necessarily have on who's going to be calling the plays for me because I'm not going to be able to put the energy into that and also who's handling defense because 
because that's not my specialty. Like, you need yeah. to know how to account for your deficiencies. The fact that Salah's not doing a great job developing the quarterback shouldn't be excused because he should have had a great plan on what he was going to do to identify and develop talent on the offensive side of the ball. I think the Rams did it perfectly when Sean McVay first took over and they had Wade Phillips as the defensive coordinator. Remember, there was times when Sean yeah. McVay would walk away from the field, go sit down on a Gatorade box or a Gatorade tub or whatever and talk to his quarterbacks and work on an offensive game plan and not even worry about the defense because he knew Wade Phillips got that. He's been there, done that. I'll let him control the defense. I'll come back when it's time for the offense to take the field. That's what Robert Sala should have done, but the reverse. He's a defensive-minded guy. Okay, bring in somebody with some real deal skills when it comes to the offense and development and get the most out of these players. That's what he didn't do, and that's what they need to do moving forward. Well, not everybody thinks Salah hasn't done perfecting, uh, hasn't been great at what he did. Andre and Mass, uh, Andre from Massachusetts, thanks for calling us, man. What you got? Yeah, I, I got to give Salah a little bit of credit, frankly, in, in terms of how he's leading this team, and that's based off the fact uh, Sylvester. Uh, Chris uh, mispronounced uh, his name. I apologize. I just saw him for the first time last night. His QBR was 72. Zach Wilson's was five. He was moving that rock, and that team was trending in the right direction. Now they get into the red zone. They can't convert. But in terms of the energy, I test. I'm coming from the basketball tradition. But what I'm just seeing in terms of how a team is being led and, and, and fueling a comeback, they're getting major consistent – that's an overstatement. They're getting good production out of a guy that, that just came out of nowhere. So back to Zach Wilson, he's cooked. But I think Mike White, what they have shown with Mike White, when he's in the game, the Jets are competitive, and that's greatly reassuring. Now, is he going to be the guy to get them over the top next year? Absolutely not. So, or that's another overstatement. I think that they should be in the Derek Carr conversation. Be in the conversation to get one of these um, hired hands, Jimmy G, another one, that you could just plug in, and then that would kind of streamline things. But if they don't land one of those guys, I think that they could continue to develop White, bring in a backup, a real backup uh, behind him, and I like that mix in terms of what the option that they have. So I think Sala, in terms of what he's done with the defense, Sauce Gardner, Pro Bowler, amongst other ballers, that's wonderful. And just give him a second to get a guy in there that can manage the game, and the Jets will be, uh, will be in the conversation. Zach Wilson, uh, whatever, I mean, you're done. And frankly, you need an attitude adjustment or else you're going to be in the Ryan Lee sweepstakes. Okay, you got to get to, because it, it, it's a quick trajectory. So I hope he lands well somewhere else and is able to get his career together. If not, five years he's out of league. But back to our Jets, uh, I think that they have the pieces to be competitive in a, in a difficult AFC uh, East. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, Andre. Here's the biggest difference between Ryan Leaf and Zach Wilson. Ryan Leaf actually deserved to be drafted at the top of the draft. I mean, you could make the argument going in, that Ryan, and Ryan will make the argument, that he should have been in higher Heisman candidacy conversation. And people forget this. At the time, there were real debates on whether you wanted Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning. Now, when he was drafted, he was not ready emotionally with his maturity. He wasn't ready in a million different ways to be the starting quarterback and the leader of an NFL franchise. And it's really easy to find those emotional issues and tie Zach Wilson to Ryan Leaf. But, Q, the difference is, Ryan Leaf had put up a body of work that made it clear he was capable of being an electric, incredible quarterback. It's just that he didn't have the other things that you needed. Zach Wilson did not put up that body of work. Like, this is why I keep saying Zach Wilson, in my mind, should have been a second or third round pick in the draft. Not the second overall, the second or third round. And if he was drafted in the second or third round, we wouldn't be looking at him saying, he's done in this league. We'd be looking at him saying, hey, not bad. Maybe there's something. Like, it takes time. You know, those are the, the argument changed on Zach Wilson because the Jets screwed up. 
Yeah, I mean, they did. But, again, they, they did. He, uh, you know, he believed in himself. You know, he was able to do some decent things in college. He did, obviously, some really good things at the Combine. But, I mean, Zach Wilson, he does carry blame because, again, it's still his body of work, his immaturity. You know, like we just got the call from Andre. I mean, the, the, his immaturity, that's showing. His leadership, lack of leadership skills, that's showing. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And so he just ne- needs a, a reset before he is basically out of the league. Yeah, I mean, I think the reset's only going to help him get an opportunity to be a backup, honestly. And that's and that's, just, that might be true. It's um, a good job. Speaking, it's a good job to have. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. There's one popular backup going to play this week that Matt in Staten Island apparently likes. Matt. You've got this. Who do you think the Jets should be going for? How's it going, guys? Happy holidays to you and yours. Thanks, you too. Um, I'm co- Full disclosure, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I don't know why Gardner Minshew, I feel like he's one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the league. This guy has, when he's playing, all he's done is play well. Now, both quarterbacks have started 22 games in their career. Gardner Minshew has 41 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, as opposed to Zach Wilson with 15 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. Why Gardner Minshew isn't a starter right now, I don't understand it. I think he could be a starter probably for for at least half the league, and he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So I feel like from a Jets point of view, he could be a great bridge quarterback for them until they find the quarterback of the future, or who knows, maybe strike gold with this kid Gardner Minshew because, like I said, when he gets a chance to play, he's balled out. And he's done it on bad Jacksonville teams. Now, thanks for the call on that. I mean, but would he want him as the Eagles starting quarterback moving forward? I know he's going to start this week, but would he want him long term? I mean, I can't. I wouldn't. I, I'm not. I wouldn't. I think Gardner Minshew, Minshew is a good quarterback, a good backup quarterback. I don't think he's a good starter in the league. Yeah, that, the good backup quarterback, which, by the way, has a ton of value to it. You know, I, I think there, there's a ton of value to having somebody that you believe can can come in and, and play for you. Uh, Gardner should will get a chance, I think, somewhere. Uh, realistically, he's too popular and too good not to. Like he's he's just enough better than most backups to make people think that he's your guy. But like, is Gardner going to go out and suddenly take you to a Super Bowl? I, is man. what is the Jets fan base going to think if all of a sudden they go from Zach Wilson to Gardner Minshew? If I'm a Jets fan, I'm like, really, this is what we're doing. I think the we're per- going with the stash. Come on, man. Give me something. But you know how people are like the minute you got a big personality people like, they'll be like, oh, Gardner's going to be great because I like him. You know, it's like the same reason that, that there are certain quarterbacks in the world that people just seem to be against because they don't like him. Eric in Connecticut has an interesting suggestion for the Jets that I do think there could be a little bit of, a little bit of thought here. Eric, what you got? Thanks for calling the show. How's it going, guys? Thank you. Uh, I'm looking out west to the disaster that is the Arizona Cardinals. I think if they trade uh, a couple of defensive players and a couple of draft picks to Arizona, then they can get Kyler Murray, which in turn, Arizona flips those picks and picks up Jimmy Garoppolo to go with that offense. I mean, that's an interesting the, – the Kyler Murray conversation, because let's face it, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are that's not going to be married at the end of the no, year. Like, that, that, that thing's done, right? So then yep. what do you do if you're, if you're the Cardinals? Do you just – I mean, they just inked him to a five-year, $230.5 million deal – uh, which had a huge signing bonus on it. So, uh, it, obviously, when you start thinking about the, the trade of that, it is complicated to move him. I just look at that, and I really pause when I even think about Kyler Murray. I'm a guy, you know, full disclosure, saw him when he was at Allen High School, saw him when he was at Texas A&M, Oklahoma, 
big fan of him because he's always been a winner. But, man, I don't know this Kyler Murray that we've seen this year with this I'm bigger than thou type attitude. And, you know what I mean? It's just he just has shown a lot of immaturity this year. I don't think he would survive. To be 100% honest, I don't think he'd survive in New York. The fans would probably be booing him off the field. The media would ask him questions that he wouldn't want to answer. You know, they would be telling him he's got to go study. I mean, that's never going to go away. I mean, there's – I don't think Kyler Murray would be the answer that you want in New York. Yeah, there's a – this is from an article Dan Graziano wrote about the possibility, and it said if the – this is a quote. If the Cardinals want to trade Murray after this season, and if they were able to do so before picking up the 2023 option, they would carry just a $23.228 million dead cap charge oh, on their cap – but that would require them to persuade a team to take on a contract that pays Murray a fully guaranteed $75 million or so over the next two years. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Happening. If you're the Jets, you, you, you trying to, you're trying to make that happen. I mean, that's over, $75 million is a ton of money for two years. But if you're in your window, are you just desperate enough that you do that? Is he the guy that's going to get you to, to achieve what you want to achieve? If your window is winning the Super Bowl, is he going to do that? Because you're not picking them up for any other reason, right? If you're going to spend that kind of bread, you're spending it with the hopes that, okay, this guy's going to get me into the Super Bowl, at least a deep run into the playoffs. Is Kyler Murray going to do that? Because what I've seen from him the past couple seasons doesn't show me that he's going to do that. Yeah, and that's the the other part. You're going into a a team, by the way, that according to OverTheCap.com, next year, going into next year, has a team cap space of $16 So. Uh, you start talking about managing $75 million, right. uh, over the next couple of years, that becomes uh, difficult. They'd have to restructure his contract. He'd have to be willing to restructure his contract. And then, to your point, somebody that has been critiqued enough that we, we check out when video games are being released right. would then be subject to the New York media. Like, ooh. Good luck. I, I, I think you want a veteran in there that, that is more capable of just not caring. Like, the, say what you want about Jimmy G. Jimmy G's heard all the noise in the world, so Jimmy G is comfortable with all the noise in the world. Like, there's nothing yep. you can say anymore that's going to bother Jimmy G. Like, he's going to go out. Jimmy G is very Kirk Cousins in that sense, where it's like, okay, say what you want. As long as I've got an opportunity, I'm making money, and, you know, I'm as beautiful as I am. I can do whatever I want. That's His Jimmy team G. tried to get rid of him <laughs> and then brought him back and asked him to take a pay cut at the same time, and he was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like, think about that. His team tried to actively move on from him. And then when they couldn't, they said, all right, well, we're going to need you to restructure your deal. And he was like, yeah, well, all right, that's cool. I'm just going to go out there and play, and everything is all good. Kumbaya, we're good. And he gave everything he had until he got injured, which is something Jimmy G does. But that's why I think he'd be a good, in other words, bridge guy for a couple years with the talent that the Jets have. And then they, could, they don't have to be so pressured and so rushed to find that franchise guy in the draft because they don't want to get it. They can't get it wrong this next time. I want to remind everybody, too, again, over the cap gives you so much information on people's financials. Jimmy G in his career. Are you ready for this, Q? I'm ready. His career earnings to date, $114.6 million. Jeez. One thing we got to remember about my guy, Jimmy G is a beautiful specimen of a man. I mean, he is just <laughs> dashingly attractive and worth $114.6 million. He can do whatever he wants. And so the real question is going to be, what does he want? Right. Because if you're Jimmy G and you're constantly going to be in places where you're either being replaced or you're a mercenary, you're looking at it saying, okay, 
well, what's best for me? He's going to want to go somewhere where he can live whatever life he wants to live. He wants to go somewhere that he enjoys, and he wants to go somewhere where I'm presuming he can win a bunch of football games. I mean, to your point, he took a pay cut this year, but in the process, he also put in the contract that he couldn't be franchised, uh, that, that that he can decide on any trade opportunities. Like, he secured his future. Yep. But when you're worth $115 million, you don't have to take a minimum or a small deal to play anywhere. Like, Jimmy G's going to go out there and make good money next year playing for somebody. He's a Ryan Fitzpatrick that's not as hairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, he, he doesn't have the beard of a Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that's where he's at at this point of the career. And he you still can looks like a guy that has a lot of back hair, though. Like, Jimmy G looks like he has a lot of back hair. Well, I don't like to judge guys on what I think that their back might look like. I mean, it's just not my bag. But I mean, I'm saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there that the guy can win games. And I think that the Jets would probably do well with bringing him in. <laughs> oh, if the over-under was an hour and a half on when I would finally make Q uncomfortable enough that he's like, I'm done. I'm out. Uh, the funny thing is that, that's right in your bag, right, Fitz? Yeah, hairy backs or just hairy back judgments. I'm just, yeah, I, the judgments. I'm not it. judging him. He just looks like I've got a picture of Jimmy G up here and like kind of got fuzzy eyebrows which makes me think i'll bet he's got a lot of back hair like it's time to go to break i don't know that's uh, this is what we're doing right now our program today is what i'm doing our program today (laughs) is brought to you by peacock i'm sure they're really happy i'm telling you that now presenting the new original limited series the best man the final chapters from the creator the best man and the best man holiday and executive producer of insecure streaming now only at peacock i don't want to brag or anything I, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I went three and zero last week in the radio pick'em challenge, undefeated. I'm back on track, and that means that it's time for us to pick some games for this weekend. We'll do it next. I'm gonna keep that streak alive. Q Myers, Jason Fitz, hanging in on Bart and Han on ESPN Radio. Bart and Han. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken. Strained. Poured. 
It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So if you guys have been listening to ESPN Radio throughout the course of the fall, you know we've been doing uh, some picks across all the shows. Now, I was on 7 to 9 for much of the fall, hanging out with Sarah Spain for Spain and Fitz. Now, hanging out in this time slot, apparently I'm still making picks for 7 to 9. I don't know what's happening. All I know is things have turned around. It's Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz, hanging out with Q Myers. Now, Q... Uh, one thing that's important to stress here is that uh, coming into last weekend, seven and nine had fallen into last place. Okay. I heard. Um, that's you guys also, weren't very good. That's what I heard. That we were in second place for much of the year, and then things fell apart. I would like to say that that was all Sarah's fault. I mean, obviously, because we alternated who picked uh, which week, and she's not here to hear me say this. So I feel like since Sarah's probably out having happy hour drinks, enjoying her Christmas holiday, rightfully so, I can say clearly that obviously I, I nailed all of my picks and she didn't, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 what you could say. But word on the street was you guys might have been cheating a little bit. So I'm just saying that's word on the streets, man. No, Look, no. I, hey, I, I stay deep in the streets, man. I'm connected, so I'm just saying. I'm just telling. I'm just passing along what someone was passing along to me. You know what I mean? Well, look. At the end of the day, Freddie and Fitzsimmons is twenty six, seventeen, and two. We are twenty twenty three and two. So we're only six games back. Like you know, six games back. Couple weeks left. Uh, I went three and zero last week. I, I'm picking still for seven and nine, which by the way is the future home of Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenball. You don't want to miss them. They're going to be hanging out uh, this noon to three nationally. Is a is the uh, future home of Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Nice, Myself right. and Harry Douglas. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning the the name of the show. I feel so proud. All right, so let's play the fancy. Like we got like fancy music. We got three games we got to pick. Seahawks and Chiefs. Mikey C, what are you doing? Jumping the gun? I'm still, I'm, I'm, it's a monologue, Mikey C. Mikey's like, get the show on the road here. Like filibustering. Ah. Mike, Mikey C. All right. Uh, what was the first game again? Seahawks and Chiefs. That's just kind of fun. One more time. Seahawks and Chiefs. Q, I'm out of control today. Uh, you are. I appreciate that, though. Seahawks at Chiefs. Minus 10. And I'm not talking about the temperature. Ah! Oh, you like these jokes. It's supposed to be like four, though. It's supposed to be like single-digit temperature there. Yeah, here's the thing. In all of these cold-weather games, I keep asking myself the same question. Who's going to have the chutzpah to run the football the best, right? Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker the third, I believe, now is back for that game? I think so. I, look, the Chiefs are going to win, but 10 points is too many. I, yeah. I, I think the Seahawks can cover here, right? Oh, yeah, no no doubt. Uh, the Chiefs, they're not a very good team when it comes to covering the spread. They're just not. I mean, you go back and look at, like, the last 13 games, and I think they've uh, failed to cover, like, 10 out of 13. So they're not very good. So uh, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. Really good team. They're going to win the game, but the Seahawks will find a way to get closer than 10. Yeah, they're, they're going to cover. And, and the Seahawks, yeah, I'm, I'm double-checking here. As of yesterday, Walker will be playing. Kenneth Walker is the delight, and that will change the entire Seahawks offense they're going to pound the ball and keep this thing painful. Painful. Like, that's the, the, the objective. So, yeah. Oh, okay. We actually agree on that one. Dev, put it on the, on the pole. Well, there's no pole. But mark it. Uh, Seahawks covering against the Chiefs. What's the next game? Giants and Vikings. This is New York against Minnesota. Minnesota minus four. Minnesota a four-point favorite. Now, I, I just saw the tale of two Minnesotas, right? Like, right. I saw the first half Minnesota. I saw the second half Minnesota. Here's the thing I don't love about the Vikings. They're inconsistent. Yep. Here's the thing that I love about the Giants. They're consistent, right? Like, at least you know what to expect from the Giants. Ah, mm. 
Fitz, can I weigh in here as a Giants fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, just Justin, take over the show. Put your name on it. Yeah, sorry. I don't know the name of the show. Go ahead. Justin Jefferson might have 300 yards against the secondary of the Giants. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. That's I, fine. Uh, yeah. And? The Giants still might score because the, the Vikings can't stop anybody. True. It's it, that's what the Giants they're going to have to put up points, which in recent weeks they haven't been able to do. But they're mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, the Vikings defense isn't anything to write home Me about. Me and Fitz could score on them. I, I mean, there is a there's a moment here where don't you have to feel like you're at least going to be able to run the football on them? I mean, Dev, I'm asking you like that. Minnesota can be run on. Minnesota's right now 18th in the league. Right now, uh, they're giving up 120.4 yards a game. Uh, but over the last three games, they're giving up 141 yards per game on the ground. They are getting absolutely gashed on the ground right now. Uh, very few teams are playing worse defensively against the run. I think the Giants can run the football here. I don't like four points. I like a close game. I would say, yes, that's probably the game plan. But also, like, the Vikings know that all the Giants can do is run, right? The passing game is, you know, they're not lighting anybody up with those wide receivers. So, if they stack the box, you know, they could limit it some. So, it's your decision, though. Your decision. Taking the Giants. Q, am I, have I lost my mind? No, talk? I actually think the Giants are going to win the game outright. Look at I that. really do. I, uh, I I was going to pick them to win the game outright. I don't trust Minnesota. And I know that it's crazy to say you don't win, you don't trust a team that has double-digit wins, but I don't, right? And, I mean, there's a reason why they were down 33 points to, to, to the Colts. Now, they came back to their credit and won the game, but they were down 33 to begin with. So, yeah, I'm riding with the Giants to win this game outright. Uh, I'm. I don't know that they'll win outright, but I, I think they cover. All right, Giants. So I got Seahawks and the Giants. So far, I've got both underdogs. Uh oh. Next game. Packers at Dolphins. Dolphins favored by four. Dolphins cover on this. Yep. Uh, the Dolphins absolutely. are going to absolutely rail the the the, the, the Packers are going to get destroyed. All right. The Packers are going to feel like I did as a kid in Christmas when I went downstairs and there was nothing under the tree. All right. It's just going to be one of those moments where the Packers realize sometimes life sucks. That's going to be this weekend <laughs> when the Dolphins just do it to them. That, it, it, the, the Dolphins are clearly the better football team here. And, and I'm all in. Like, I think the Dolphins win this game by double, double digits. Q. No, I agree with you 100 percent. I think the Packers and their playoff hopes die. Uh, in this game. I just think Miami ends their season and then Aaron Rodgers goes back to the drawing board, tries to figure out what went wrong. He has to take a look in in the mirror at himself as well. But, yeah, the Dolphins are going to get this victory and feel good about themselves doing it. Monday, one of the lead topics on Get Up is going to be should Aaron Rodgers demand a trade because the Packers are going to be so humiliated after the way they lose to the Dolphins that they don't want to show their face and we all think that it's the end of their organization, uh, their end of their ability to kumbaya. How do you like that? Uh, Just clip that off and play man, it back that was, that the was world. deep brother you went deep on that one yeah, you, that, that, you, yeah. you took that one man you took that you got that in the fast lane and you took off on them the good news is i'm not doing radio on monday so i don't have to relive any of these hot takes <laughs> all right let's get one more game in because well we will raiders at steelers speaking of the death of playoff hopes i just feel like it's just bound to happen right like the raiders are going to go into pittsburgh on saturday night in gross weather and they're just this whole can they will they won't they season that I've had to live through is just going to die a slow miserable like like a, a like a snowman built in Vegas it's just going to melt away and my my hopes and dreams on Christmas Eve are all going to go to the you know what 
it feels like that, right? Especially with everything going on with Franco Harris and the energy is going to be in the building. And I don't know what the fan base is going to look like. I know there's a lot of tickets available right now because it's going to be cold and miserable, like you mentioned. Uh, but I feel like that those players are going to be a little bit extra amped up. Mike Tomlin does a great job anyway of getting guys, uh, you know, motivated with his speeches, pregame speeches. So I think he's going to take that to another level. I don't know if that's sustainable for the whole game. I do think it's going to be close. That's why it's only a two-point uh, spread, according to Caesars. I don't know, man. My my, I don't know if it's my brain or my gut wants to tell me that the Raiders are going to find a way to pull this one off, but it, it, it feels like there's so many elements playing against them in this one. So I, I for that sake, I'll, I'll say that the Steelers are going to win. It's, it's the interior of the offensive line here that, that really yes, scares that, me for the Raiders. That's, yes. Like, if, if the Raiders' offensive line was healthy, then I believe they can run the ball. Uh, the offensive line, by the way, gets a lot of credit for a, a group of guys that I'm not sure are necessarily the most talented offensive line mm. in the league. They have played well considering the fact that they've used roughly 374 combinations this year. Don't Google it. That's a fact. And so yeah. when you when you put them together the way they've been asked to sort of piecemeal this thing throughout the course of the season, it's been difficult. When the starting five has been in over the last couple of weeks, there's a huge difference in their ability to run the football and a huge difference in Josh Jacobs' ability to jump cut and find the hole that he wants. So I think that you know the Raiders, unfortunately, injury to the middle of the offensive line is not only going to make uh, Jacobs' job more difficult, it's going to make Carr more uncomfortable. And that just feels like the sort of combination that leads to Jacobs getting 80 yards rushing instead of 130, and he needs 130 if the Raiders are going to win this football yeah, game. Yeah, he really does. Jordan Meredith and uh, Hironis Grasso, those are the two guys at the guard position that are in for uh, Dylan Parham and Alex Barr and maybe Bars and, and, and Parham are able to play. And if they are, then maybe all bets are off. But with the two backup guards in there, I don't feel very comfortable. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. It's interesting when you talk about some of these teams because one of the things that every single fan base, I don't care if we're talking about the Jets at the end of the year, the Raiders at the end of the year, uh, even bad teams like the Colts are going to be looking at the end of the year at the number of times that they were right in it. One thing that is weird about this year, and I had stats and info look it up, there have been more blown double-digit leads this year than any other year but one in NFL history. And the winning percentage of teams that are ahead by 10 or more is the lowest of any year ever in history. Usually teams win about 87% of the time once they're up by 10 points or more. This year it's about 70% of the time. So what's that tell you going into the weekend? It tells you that your team needs to be able to score constantly and can never take the foot off the gas. That's difficult to do. B, it tells you there's a lot of teams that defensively just can't figure it out this year. I can't trust anybody's defense. And as we go into Christmas weekend, that plays a huge part. It's so easy to score now, right? I mean, one, the defense, but it just seems like it's so set up for the offenses to be so successful. And these offenses are smart, man. They have really good players. The quarterback play is pretty good. The skill positions are really good. It just seems like a team is down, then all of a sudden, boom, one thing happens bad and a snowball effect happens. Now you're looking up at a 17-point lead has just evaporated. You mentioned all the leads, double-digit leads. Through week 15, it's been 44 44 times there's been comebacks from double digits down to win through week 15. That's the most ever through 15 weeks in the NFL. Yeah, and you start thinking about what that means across the board, and it just tells you that this is not the year where you turn off the TV early. Uh, Figure that out on Christmas weekend. I don't know (laughs) how you're going to figure that out. Uh, Also, quick breaking news here. Sean McVay has let everybody know that Aaron Donald is out uh, for the action Sunday, likely done for the season. I don't think that's any big surprise, given the fact that the Rams have nothing left to play for. But there were a couple other transactions today to speak that actually speak to the way every 
every single team should be doing business in the NFL. We'll tell you what they are next. Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. Q Myers, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Bart and Hahn. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's the most wonderful time to be an offensive lineman because let me tell you, bags of cash. Like, Santa came down the chimney, he opened up the sack, and when he opened up the sack... There were no presents there. It was just bags of $100 bills. He Scrooge McDuck this whole thing. You just pour the hundreds out. You let a couple of them just roll around in it because some guys got paid today. Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz hanging out with Q Myers. And Q, uh, you got two big, big, big signings. Uh, the Packers and Jenkins reach a four-year, $68 million extension, and the Browns and Conklin reach a four million, uh, four-year, $60 million extension. Significant because Conklin took a pay cut to go on a shorter deal, to not get cut, and now gets a massive deal as he gets healthy. But to me, like, I got to yell this and scream this because everybody today is talking about Zach Wilson. It's just my reminder that I don't think there's any position in all the NFL that's more talent deficient than the offensive line. There are not enough good offensive linemen to actually make good offensive lines across the NFL. If you got one, you might as well go lock dude up because you need all the help you can get on the offensive line right now. Most More times than not, there's one to two good guys on the offensive line, and then there's a bunch of others, right? I mean, there's some teams that have really good lines for the whole front, but for the most part, man, you really have one or two good guys, and then you, you hope that they're so good that they help the guy next to them 
going to be a little bit better. So, yeah, when you have a guy that you can rely on and you know how valuable that position is, you've got to take care of him, especially, you know, that makes not only him happy, that makes that quarterback happy too because it says, hey, good looking out. You're trying to help protect the future, which is, you know, the quarterback position. So, yeah, I mean, that offensive line, man, when you got him, take care of him. Yeah, and the sooner you take care of anybody in general, the minute you start taking care of people, you get ahead of the contracts. Like, I don't care what the position is. Uh, I have to remind, if you got a safety and you think that safety is going to be one of the best in the league, you see him every day in practice, you understand how he's great, you understand that this is your guy, go sign him right like right, right. away because the player is going to get signed earlier, which means they have a chance to get in two huge contracts. Players love that. But then from a team side, these contracts are outdated every two, three years. So, like, right. if you got a guy, go get him. Go pay him right now. And, you know, if you're an organization and you're taking care of your homegrown guys, that sends a message to the rest of the locker room as well. You go out there, you do your job, you play at the highest level, we will take care of you. You won't have to worry about hitting free agency. We will hold on to you. That sends a big, loud message to the rest of the organization. We both, you know, cover the Raiders, fans of the Raiders. What Dave Ziegler did that I thought was really smart when he came in as a GM of the Raiders took care of Max Crosby immediately, a guy who was a fourth-round pick who was playing really well. Now, what did he do? Max Crosby rewarded him with not only, you know, great leadership, but look what he's done on the field. He, if he had not signed that contract extension, he would be a free agent, and he would really get, in your words, paid. But now he's just gotten paid, and it's really good, but he could get a whole lot more on the open market, but to send a message to the rest of the locker room, we'll take care of you. You handle your business. Yeah, I, I, if I was running a football team, and number one, it's not my money. It's the owner's money. Number two, I'm going to spend that money to create the best culture I possibly can exactly behind the scenes. Right. I, if I got somebody that's out playing a deal, I'm going to find a way to get him more. If I got somebody that I need to get a deal to, I'm going to get that done because certainly at some point you have to look at the people you want to remain in the locker room, mm-hmm. and there's two sides of it. There's the business side of it, right. and then there's the culture side of it the culture side matters at some point so you know to me when you see a couple of guys out there throwing money at offensive line this even matters to the conversation we're going to have about the draft I know I keep talking about the draft but y'all like going into the year if you've got a choice for your team to reach for a quarterback that may or may not be the answer that nobody's really sure of and the team may not even know or go get a tackle that everybody feels really good about Go get that tackle. Like, best player on the board, and if that best player is an offensive lineman, hell, even better because they're impossible to find. Right, exactly right. You've got to go ahead and take care of your business, handle your business, keep those guys in-house, and build that build that franchise around those guys, those fr- those uh, those those uh, building blocks, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. I mean, you went building blocks. I was going to say fat boys. Like, in honor of Santa, let's get them all dressed up in big red suits, like, and, and have them come all in and, and then just set down their sacks of cash, because that's <laughs> what they got, is wild, huge sacks of cash. Congratulations to them. Don't forget, tune in to an uh, NBA doubleheader Sunday. The Celtics host the Bucks, followed by Grizzlies at the Warriors. Coverage begins at 4.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It is going to be a wild weekend. Q, uh, as, as a longtime friend and as some that got to work with you today. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours, man. I, I loved getting to kick off the Christmas season with you, buddy. Absolutely. You as well, my man. It's, it's always a pleasure to be able to work with you. And this is just about a year ago today. I did my very first show on the network with you, so I appreciate you. Oh, man, it's glorious. All right, the entire Jets offensive and defensive lines are going to join Canty and Carlin next. It's going to be the biggest, I mean literally, show in ESPN Radio history. Thanks for hanging out with Q and me. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Podcast. You can listen live to Barton Hahn Week days at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio or stream the video of the show on ESPN Plus. Bart and Han, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 